Mortal Kombat 11 comes out guns blazing. Dream King recounts his experiences at the reveal event, and we delve into all the juicy details from presentation to gameplay for this exciting upcoming title. Then Catalyst joins as we discuss Nintendo's new Smash Bros. tournament endeavor, Street Fighter's new tournament endeavor, Dragon Ball's ending tournament endeavor, and why Street Fighter V feels like a sinking ship to me right now on the latest episode of the Event Hubs podcast. Perfect. All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Event Hubs podcast. It's a different voice than you normally hear for the introduction, but I'm trying to say it pretty much the same way. I am John. Velociraptor Guerrero. Catalyst is not with us at this point, but he will be joining us a little bit later on. But in his place, we have Stephen Dream King Chavez. How you doing, Stephen? I'm pretty good. I'm back. Love has lifted me back to the Event Hubs <laughs> podcast, so I'm pretty stoked right now. I gotta, uh, I gotta share with people what's been going on. So, uh, <laughs> really quickly, the movie uh, from 2012, Bernie, starring Jack Black, Matthew McConaughey. I'm not gonna go through the whole thing, but Jack Black plays a very lovable character that's very much into his <laughs> local church and sings gospel music. And there's one scene that, for whatever reason, popped up in our chats, and we've been singing "Love Lifted Me," the Jack Black version, to each other, and it's been in our <laughs> heads constantly for the last like three or four days and it shows no signs of slowing so uh, we've just been sliding each other little lyrics here and there wherever we can so expect a lot of that today on uh and, and, it, and it's appropriate that we would be sliding gospel-esque lyrics into a uh, podcast where we kick things off with the bloodiest and goriest game i think <laughs> i have ever seen Maybe in existence, yeah. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 11. We got a huge, huge info dump from MK11 at the reveal event last week, which you were at. And mm-hmm. so, hey, everyone, we're getting firsthand uh, experience from, from someone that was right there, got to see all the blood and gore up close on the big screen, hang out with all the, the celebrities that were there. It seemed like... It seemed like a massive, massive success. Hats off to NRS for throwing uh, throwing an event that just it gets everyone hyped from every different avenue, whether you like the competition, whether you like the visuals, whether you just like playing video games, whether you just like, I remember Mortal Kombat when I was a kid, and oh, wow, this, this looks a lot better than it, than it ever has, you know? Yeah. Um, the whole presentation was just really what you would want to see from a video game uh, you know, production here in 2019. And... Um, so I guess the first question I'm going to ask you is just what was it like being there? Is Was it as good as it seemed like it was for those of us watching on the stream? Yeah, uh, top to bottom, NetherRealm really killed it with this event. I mean, it was just, you know, the the stream had so much great stuff on it. And being there was just, they, they went, you know, balls to the wall with it. They just, no stone left unturned. Uh, they had these these settings like, uh, you know, the... The, the surroundings and everything were kind of custom built to have like uh, to reflect settings from, you know, different stages and things like that. And there was this giant, you know, uh, area for, you know, the audience and everything in the big stage where they did the presentations and the uh, the exhibitions and all of that. Uh, they had this weird little area that was like a, a room that you can kind of go into. It was like a glass enclosure uh, where you can just like put on this suit and then break stuff for some reason. You just like throughout the whole event, I would just hear people smashing things. I'm like, what the hell is oh, that? It was like, one of those stress I think relief rooms. Yeah, it was like I guess it was supposed to be themed for like the the game or whatever, but it was just people like breaking things <laughs> and like just people outside like recording it, like it was a zoo or something. I'm like, what? What is that? Like I kept walking past it. Like, well, I'm not that angry today, so I'm not gonna <laughs> go and participate. <laughs> 
not gonna compare it to Capcom, but I will say, <laughs> but I will say that uh, a handful of times it was uh, I I saw it at Capcom Cup last year, uh, as in 2017 Capcom Cup. They had the virtual reality car break game, and so. Mm. <laughs> And so I think about uh, what goes, like, they actually have this room where you can wear a suit and legitimately break stuff versus virtual reality car smack game and where people just look kind of ridiculous to everybody else as they whiff around in the air. But anyways, uh, no, back to back to the NRS event. Yeah, and so there was just a lot of different things that you can kind of enjoy there. They had, like, little booths of, um, like, there was a tattoo, little tattoo parlor mm-hmm. where you can get, like, free Mortal Kombat tattoos. And I was actually super tempted to get one, but uh, I didn't go ahead and do that because I had work to do and stuff. Like, there was a bar and everything. It was just it was just a great event, um, top to bottom. Again, it was just kind of, there was so much there that to, to enjoy and just the atmosphere. And, you know, it's, man, NRS really just put it over the top. And, and that's that's kind of what you want from you know, a, a big reveal for a game, you know, that's that's something that we don't get too often, and, and they came in and they crushed it. It's left us with so much to talk about, whether you're going to mm-hmm. talk about the the approaches to how the game is being made, the characters that have been revealed, their design, the characters that have been teased, what we saw from the single-player modes, oh my gosh, so much. Uh, mm-hmm. But I want to start focused here strictly on the game's visuals. I've heard a handful of times, both from just the chat here at, at Event Hubs around the water cooler and, and also just in Twitter and such social media, it looks almost like it's for the next-gen consoles, mm-hmm. or rather that it's on the next-gen consoles. It's so clean, so crisp, <laughs> so bloody. But yep. then, and, and a lot of times, especially for initial presentations, they'll have cinematics that look incredibly good. I remember playing Prince of Persia, uh, the sequel to Sands of Time, whichever one that one was, back on the GameCube. And the the visuals were really really good during cinematics and then it would cut to actual gameplay and everything looked really blocky and such and, and that was back on the gamecube whatever right. but but this game i mean that still kind of happens and and i'm sure that that's true to an extent on mortal kombat 11 but man watching that first fight between uh, scorpion and raiden from a uh, from back in december and then seeing gameplay it's like that's pretty close, man. Uh, to the to the point where it's it's a lot different than what I think you see in a lot of um, realistic looking games nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting too because um, shortly after they did the big announcement trailer at the the Game Awards, you know, last year or you know late last year, um, they released a handful of screenshots of the game. It was like Raiden and Scorpion fighting. There was no HUD or anything like that. It was just kind of a initial taste at what the gameplay is going to look like. And honestly, I, I really wasn't too impressed with how that looked. It, it looked kind of, it, it looked like maybe a little bit better than MKX. It, it wasn't like, you know, it didn't blow me away or anything. I was kind of a little bit worried, honestly, going into it. Like, hey, maybe the visuals aren't going to be that much better, you know, than what we've seen before because it's still, you know, current gen and all of that. Like, maybe it's not going to be that great. And then NRS comes in and, you know, shows us what they showed at the reveal. And, oh, man, that game looks it's the best looking fighting game I've ever seen. It might be the best looking fighting game ever. I'm not one to try and give out extreme statements there, but I honestly, it's I'm hard pressed to say that there's anything that looks better than it right now. Um, it, it really does look like it's for the next gen. It, it's just like Raptor was saying, it, it kind of blurs the lines between what's cinematic and what's gameplay, uh, especially with the some of the new uh, features that they have, like the crushing blows and all of that, that kind of incorporate a little bit of the cinematic element of X-ray attacks, but for things like counter hits and punishes and it's it's just a quick little glimpse of it and it kind of zooms in it does the whole you know cracking the skull kind of thing gives you the x-ray look and it's it's short and sweet but it 
it really kind of keeps the game moving and it just adds this element of flair to it that's just that attention to detail that NRS is so known for. Now, they're also been known as, I think starting with Mortal Kombat 2011, MK9, and then both Injustice games and MKX, uh, the very first time, I remember watching Sub-Zero and Scorpion fight in the uh, in the Frozen, I think it's the, mm-hmm. the Dead Forest, but uh, whatever, the first stage that we saw. And it definitely was... I guess janky is probably the best term for it, uh, where and it might have something to do with the way that the characters juggle each other with like standing light punches and they just keep flopping up in the air. I'm not sure. Something about it felt really rigid, and it's always been part of the the modern NRS development style. It feels like um, I'm trying to picture back the gameplay right now, and I, you know what? At the very least, my mind didn't go, ooh, that looks janky like NRS. Now, I'm not sure that it looks perfect and smooth and such, but what were your reactions to seeing the gameplay? Like, does it look like traditional janky NRS, or is it? have they stepped that up too? Yeah, it, it looks a lot better. That was one of the things I kind of wanted to pay attention to. I, I took some time, you know, when I got, you know, an opportunity to play the game, I took some time to just kind of sit there and, and throw out different normals and moves and things like that. Um, I think one of the big complaints that NRS games have gotten in the past, what they're kind of known for is... Um, some of the normals and things just look very unnatural. Oh, they're the very crouching you know, light kicks. Yeah, they're all. Yeah. What was it? They're all Blanca's crouching light kick. <laughs> yeah, it's it has that weird, you know, a lack of fluidity that you want to see in an animation. It just looks very, I don't know. It's like a weird stiff kick, and it looks so just odd. And uh, I think there's still some of that in Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, I. What I saw when I was playing it, it looked a lot better. Now, again, I was trying to kind of look for it, um, and it seemed like there was a lot less of that because things kind of move a lot more naturally, a lot more fluid. Um, going back and looking at some of the streams and the footage, though, I saw like there was a couple of moves that still kind of look like that. I think um, it was Scorpion's like down three or something like that. Still kind of looks like that, so maybe maybe they'll iron that out later or something, but it, it definitely looks better than what we've seen in the past. Um, it was harder to find those instances of seeing that jankiness kind of come into play, which I was really happy to see. Um, I, I played around with Scarlet a lot and just seeing her normals and like all of the blood effects and everything, the way that she kind of spins stuff around and everything, it it looked really, really good. There are a handful of new mechanics, and we'll get to those for sure because I really want to talk about them in a, in a few different angles too. But mm-hmm. the first of which uh, you kind of brought up, there are, what are they called, crushing blows? I believe it's crushing yeah, blow. Sounds yeah. very familiar to crush guys. <laughs> yeah. And and then also the fatal blows. And both of those, if I'm not mistaken, activate a a little cinematic if you hit them. Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, yep, um, and and of course, Mortal Kombat uh, has very much traditionally been. Uh, it's always been from the very beginning a game to look at, a fighting game to look at, to watch for the spectators to see. And that's very clearly what they're going with right here. But. You know, we recently had things like Dragon Ball Fighters, and and one of the big complaints about that game is that it gets kind of repetitive, and that you know you're seeing Bardock's level three super, for instance, like six times around, mm-hmm. and it's like ten seconds of animation. And while so so a hesitation that I have about Mortal Kombat 11 from what we've seen so far, there are a lot of potential instances where the action stops for a second to do a cinematic. You know, someone getting their their bones broken and destroyed and for all intents and purposes should be dead but they get right back up um but i wonder does it stop the action too much because that's cool the first time maybe the second time you see it and there's a certain amount of hype around them because they're going to be dealing a lot of damage so it's significant to the outcome of the match but 
are we going to get tired of this really quickly? And then will all of these different uh, crushing blows and fatal blows end up being kind of like a slowdown for what other what's otherwise usually pretty fast paced? NRS games seem like pretty explosive and pretty fast paced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what I experienced, honestly, I, I really didn't get sick of it. Maybe it was the, the honeymoon phase thing, but I think that um, they're short enough to where it doesn't really take you outside of the, you know, out of the action. It, it kind of keeps you in there. It keeps it moving. Um, when you kind of go to the fatal blows, though, that's more akin to like a super or critical art or whatever. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, you might get a little bit tired of seeing that, but that's not really outside of the norm of fighting games you know you kind of see that anyway when somebody gets a super and all of that and you know you're not seeing that every single game like you can but it's you know you get them once per once per game that's actually that's not a significant even... thing right because mm-hmm. you're not going to see the same critical blow or whatever it is um mm-hmm. over and over you can only do each one of your character's critical blows once per match if i understood right. it correctly yeah it's the fatal blow mechanic it's uh it, it activates or you get uh access to it when your character goes uh drops 30 percent health or lower uh, and so it's basically this big, it's the x-ray move now, but um, instead of, you know, having it use super meter, it's its own thing. And if you uh, if you don't hit it the first time, it'll kind of uh, regenerate and come back, but you only get it once per match. So you kind of have to decide, you know, am I going to use it on the first health bar? Uh, am I going to try to save it for the second one and close things out? Or, you know, am I kind of going to, when am I going to bank on using this? So it's not like you're going to keep building meter and get, you know, fatal blow every every single round kind of thing. It's more just... Uh, you know, you get it once per match, use it wisely. Uh, so you might see it come into play uh, if somebody tries to go for a big comeback or something. Uh, and we did see it a lot, I feel like, uh, during the presentations and all of that in the exhibitions. But it's, again, I kind of look at it more as like a super. It's it's a big cinematic super. You kind of see that anyway in all fighting games. So I'm not really too worried about that kind of, you know, taking me out of the action. But it's the crushing blows that kind of, that are the, you know, up for debate kind of thing. Um, and with those, it's like it happens in so many different ways, like it's different stipulations and different moves kind of trigger it. So it's not going to be like, you know, you're going to keep seeing the same one over and over again. You'll probably see it frequently, you know, the you know similar ones frequently, but it's not like the same animation over and over and over again. And, and again, even if it is, it's it's short and sweet and it kind of keeps the ball rolling. You know, and with those, uh, as I understood it, and it was while we were watching some gameplay and, and the commentators were talking about it. The way that crushing blows work, it's say that your character has five different moves that will um, perform crushing blows. Like we said, each one can only happen once per match. But beyond that... Oh, no, I, is the crushing blows only once per match as well, or is it just the fatal blows? That was my understanding, blows. is that you can okay. only do each crushing blow once per match. And then the same okay. with the fatal blow, because, I mean, well, and also you can only get that once you go below 30% health. Right. Um, so that that's my understanding of it right now. But also, you can do these moves and not have them activate crushing blow. It's like, only if you hit say counter hit with a the, the standing you know heavy punch or something like that whatever the your characters happens to be will you activate the sequence and do the extra damage and get the animation and, and whatever else you know whatever bonuses mm-hmm. that you get from doing it and so that adds in a very what i think is a significant layer to the gameplay process it's like you can do it and it looks cool and that's great but if you're playing at a competitive level which is the first place that my mind goes when I'm looking at a new game like this, 
that leaves like, okay, so you can choose whether or not to do that. There's some nuance there and I can appreciate that because you get into this idea of player self-expression and how to play most efficiently and like when do you bring out the big guns and when do you not? And and mm-hmm. I'm seeing a, that's, that's my biggest takeaway from this game so far is that I'm seeing it like a very clear uh, intent for, from NetherRealm to make this a competitively viable game where I think previous Mortal Kombat's and even the Injustice games, I mean, obviously they have a huge competitive following and such, but they've never really been... I've, I've always kind of made them more like... or compared them to checkers and, and chess. If, if Well, Street Fighter Four at least was chess, then, you know, the <laughs> NRS equivalent was kind of checkers. And it's like... And, and by that I mean it's like a lot of forward-moving armored moves that go into you know, high-low mix-ups, and it was just offense, 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 and, like, that's fine, that's cool, and, and, you know, it's a level playing field, you can do it right back, but it didn't seem like as much thoughtful neutral play, and, um, and I think that they've really gone for that in this iteration of Mortal Kombat, where they're talking about, uh, well, well, what did you experience with that? Because I know that they were saying that they've made it more about walking, less about just blind going forward, like, a little more thoughtful process in the neutral. Right, yeah, it's this game's definitely slower than you know MKX and and I think MK9 as well. It, it kind of takes more of a like you said a little bit more of a, a priority on neutral game and footsies and uh, there's a lot of zoning aspects to it. Obviously, it's an NRS game, there always is, but it definitely kind of pulls it back on the you know hey just going straight in and doing all of that stuff. Um, you know they removed the run mechanic for now at least. Uh, one of the representatives there at the event kind of told me like yeah you know uh, running isn't in yet he kind of hinted at maybe there might be something coming uh but he wasn't so sure so i would you know i took it with a grain of salt he just kind of said like oh they didn't really tell me but it's not in this build at least he said uh so hey maybe we'll see it Uh, it doesn't seem like we're gonna see it but you know that's it seems like their nrs is really trying to gear this game towards more thoughtful more thoughtful play, more neutral game, more footsies. And and that's a good thing. It, it's a good thing in a time where, you know, the, that whole idea is kind of, you know, something that people are a little bit aching for if you kind of play Street Fighter V and all of that, uh, even though that game in itself is moving toward that direction. But that's a different discussion. Um, but it, it, it does, it feels good. It, and there's still the, the cool juggle combos and stuff in the corner and all of that. And the way that the strings work and everything is, is very similar. Um, and what I did like is that there are, a number of different uh, settings and options that you have for like just the way that you play the game in terms of like the controls uh, so that you can do things like um, you can remove like uh, or you can change the inputs from traditional Mortal Kombat, you know, down forward movements to, you know, quarter circles and things like that, which is stuff we've seen in previous games. Uh, they have the, um, the the name is escaping me of what the mechanic is called, but it's uh, basically you can turn off this option of like... Um, special moves are activated when you it's like negative edge like special moves are activated when you're holding a button and then you let it go which i was uh kind of running into issue with when i was playing i was trying to do certain combos and strings and i was getting the wrong special move because i ended with you know uh something with circle i'm trying to do a special move with uh square and and it's still reading the circle input because i'm letting go of it but you can remove that you can turn it off and makes things a little bit more more tight and uh there's actually a, an option to lower the um the, the the cancel window for special moves as well so it's like yeah so it's like you have a long window so you can you know cancel into more you know how you have more time to cancel into a move there's like a medium option and then a low option so it's kind of like if you want to really make your inputs precise and tight for those hardcore you know execution heavy players you can kind of change things around to make it 
a little bit more of a, you know, to your liking. I would assume that the gen, like the standard setting is on the strictest window, and then you can also, uh, you know, open that up to, to for practice, or if you're, you know, letting your kids play this, because why wouldn't you let your kids play this game? Um, but because uh, because otherwise it sounds like if it's like we're normally we have a big window, but if you want to make it harder on yourself, you can. That kind of doesn't make too much sense to me, at least from a competitive point of view. No, I, um, I think the inputs or the the settings were actually on the the longer stuff, like the longer and the, the easier to do stuff, essentially, because it's like you want, you know, you have this build playable build for the first time on the show floor. You want people coming in, being able to actually pull off the moves and stuff, yeah, you know, sure. so it was on the longer window, like cancel window, you know, it had the, uh, the other option I was talking about where, you know, special moves still come out with on the release of the button. Uh, so it was kind of catered more towards like, all right, it's going to be easier. We're going to open it up for anybody to just come in and do special moves and stuff. But the options there for people who are like, hey, you know what? I'm trying to do these really tight links or these tight juggles. And this option, you know, is kind of messing me up. I'm not getting it right. You can kind of scale it back and make it tighter, make it more of a hardcore style for you. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, uh, as far as gameplay mechanics go, there's also a push block, and I don't think we would see too much mm. of that, um, you know, in the exhibitions and such, just because people don't really know the timings of moves and when to do push block, or if they're even, you know, even thinking of that at this level, you kind of just are still getting used to the water at this point. But I think that that's also very significant. It's a, it's a defensive option in an NRS game, and um, it requires a lot of precision. But you know, it's, it's it's right there in the realm of parry for third strike. You know, and then there's a lot of the versus mm-hmm. games have exactly that. And um, so I think that was really cool. I don't know if you saw any more of that beyond that, just that it exists and like, oh, that's what the animation looks like. But yeah, I think the mechanic's called flawless block, and it's pretty much what you're talking about here. It's it's kind of like a parry. It kind of um, what it does is it 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 mitigates like um you know it scales down on the chip damage if you get like a really like a i think it's like a frame perfect like um block of something that's coming in um and there's like risk to it as well because i I didn't get to really use it too much myself but from what i saw it's kind of like you can try to you you can choose to try to do it but if you mess it up you can uh potentially hit like say you're trying to you know block a fireball or something you can try to you know mitigate the chip damage or if you mess up the block it's like you're taking more damage and things like that i think you can actually get uh you know, crushing blow with projectiles and stuff too. So if somebody chooses to go for it there and you kind of mess up your, your block there and you're eating more damage there. And it's 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 an interesting mechanic and it's it's good to see more defensive options in games like this. It's, you know, um, it's just, it adds another layer of like, hey, should I try to do this now or should I kind of wait? Where's the risk reward here? What do I need to do? And um, and yeah. And a lot of potential hype. I mean, if third mm-hmm. strike is any indicator, the when right. someone parries something and it's like, that's a direct call out that I knew this was going to happen and you're rewarded for it. And that looks really cool. But another big part of this will be how is the input lag when the game actually comes out? Mm-hmm. I think NRS games usually float around five or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't necessarily quote me on that. But we'll see what what that you know looks like and such, and if it takes away from the uh, the viability of things like this. But uh, another very interesting uh, part of this, the way that they've designed it, uh, it's the meters are not built um, from doing moves or blocking moves and things like mm-hmm. that. They're built. They're just on a cooldown timer. Very similar to, I mean, the first thing you bring up is like MOBAs, right? So mm-hmm. you spend meter on doing an enhanced version of your move. And the only thing you have to do from there is just sit back and wait for that meter to fill back up before you can use it again. It's not a matter of whiffing moves or trying to like poke at your opponent to build that meter. 
Right. Yeah, and they, they separated all of the resources, essentially. So it's like now you have three different things to kind of monitor. And as you said, it's, it's you know, the, the defensive bar and the offensive bar just kind of regen on their own. And then you have Fatal Blow, which is the third mechanic there, uh, the third resource that also, you know, is on the cooldown if you miss it, if you don't hit it properly. Um, so it, they kind of separate things there so that you're not, you know... Um, I think the idea was that, you know, back in MKX and stuff, it, it was just so much more of a benefit for you to use EX moves or enhanced moves. And so you never really saw X-ray moves, you know, short of randomly, oh, like, yes. you know, on Wake Up, you know, X-ray moves are this big, you know, comeback mechanic. They're cinematic. They People get hype when they see them. And you're just not really seeing it because it's like, why would you do that? You have, you know, armored moves that, you know, are leave you plus on block and are really good. And you just you're going to use your meter in MKX for EX moves and not so much the, you know, the X-ray attack. So now it's that's kind of why they separated. I believe it's, it's you know, now you have the opportunity to use Fatal Blow, but you can also use your EX moves where you need to. And to balance that whole idea, I believe that they removed a lot of the armor or they scaled back a lot of the armor properties on these uh, amplified mm -hmm. moves is what they're calling them now. So it's like, yeah, you're getting an auto, you know, regen uh, super, you know, uh, EX meter. Um, and, you know, as you said, doing attacks and block strings and stuff like that doesn't help build the meter any faster. Uh, but now it's like a lot of those moves aren't going to have armor and things like that. So it's they're kind of trying to normalize it there and meet in the middle. Yeah, so no more running, at least for now. Mm -hmm. uh, a defensive option with or a defensive mechanic in the push block. Uh, what else do we have here? No more arm. Well, very few armored moves, and ugh, the idea an armored move that leaves you plus on block. Get out of here. With that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and you mentioned amplify inputs. Mm -hmm. Tell me about those. <sighs> yeah. So um, in Mortal Kombat 11, uh, there they changed the name from enhanced moves to amplified moves, and um, again, you you use those or you activate those moves with the the offense bar that you have. Um, and so what they did, which was an interesting design choice, is they made it so that with amplified moves or essentially EX moves, um, every one of them pretty much has a different input. So it's like if you're playing Scorpion, you try to do his spear and then in order to amplify it, you have to press like triangle afterward. But if you do his Hellport, it's like you do the, the input and then you have to do like up and X to do the amplified part. Um, and so it's just kind of they added a bit more of a chore of memorizing all these different inputs for all the different characters. And, you know, each character has probably up to like 10 different special moves when you uh, incorporate customization, and all of that, at least from what I saw through the menus. It's like there's a lot of different inputs there that you're just like, why would they do that? It, it kind of overcomplicates things for no real tangible reason. It's It's just like... You know, they had something where before in previous Mortal Kombat games, you would uh, get enhanced moves by just pressing block alongside the input of the special move. Uh, in Street Fighter, the Street Fighter series, you have, you know, EX moves that are activated with, you know, two punch buttons or two kick buttons uh, versus, you know, just a single one for the normal version. It's just it took something that already worked and that was familiar. Uh, and that's a universal thing that you don't have to really worry about and kind of added a layer of complexity to it that's like... Why would you do that? Like, I found myself when I was playing, I kept having to jump back into the move list to see, like, all right, how do I how do I amplify this thing? How do I kind of, you know, let me keep checking back to see what the inputs are. And and I'm sure in time, like, when you actually sit down with the game, when we have it, uh, memorizing those inputs isn't going to be, you know, a huge deal. But it's like, as somebody new coming into the game, you're like, well, why does it work that way? Like, it just adds another layer of, you know, work that you have to do that, that doesn't really have any gain to it. Um 
I believe Ed Boon talked about in an interview with uh, Game Informer. He said that the um, the design choice for that was uh, the designers wanted to kind of make it so that you're feeling more of what's going on on screen. So it kind of matches up more. Um, so, you know, essentially you're doing like the enhanced spear. So you're pressing another button to kind of get, you know, that extra hit. And, you know, it, it continues into like, a, you know, let Scorpion continue the combo and stuff. It's like they're trying to add an, uh, another element to it. So it's presentation wise and like the feel between the player and what's going on on screen. But it's like, I don't know, when I was playing it, I, I didn't really feel that. I just felt like, man, this is kind of a it's kind of a drag to try to learn this stuff uh, for no real reason. Uh, and thankfully, Ed Boon said it's uh, they're experimenting with it. So it's not like the final thing. So we might see it reverted back to just, you know, a single button input, which would be nice at the very least, like give an option to turn that on, you know, to have a universal input for it. But we just kind of have to see what happens. Well, as I understand it, so that to me, this this sounds like Scorpion does his spear, which I know it used to be back, back, B. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. what the command for it is now, but let's say mm-hmm. it's that, right? Back, back, mm-hmm. uh, three. Yeah, I think it's like back, forward, square or something, or back, forward, one or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the, the animation of that is he throws the spear attached to a rope or cord out, it hits you, and then he reels you in real quick, and right. then he can follow that up. Although I hear he can't necessarily follow up his regular spear in this move, which is in this game, which is interesting if that's the case. But anyway, the amplified version lets him follow up. Mm-hmm. So what I would think, uh, you know, uh, so it's back forward. Then to mm-hmm. me, what they're going for there would be like, okay, and then you can after it's landed before you've reeled them in, it's like you know a split second during the animation. You can press mm-hmm. like back and and square again or something like that. Right. And then he really pulls them in, and that you know does mm-hmm. extra damage or stun, and then he can follow things up and that would be along those lines of yeah and then i'd push this and it and it amplified there you go Mm -hmm. what i was doing and it it felt like a direct cause from that and i can see a certain amount of satisfaction you know that that kind of stuff that comes when a really big move makes the screen shake or there's an extra um an, an extra good you know, or well done sound effect that goes with, you know, the chopping sound or something like right. that. It, it does help to emphasize what's going on and give you an even better experience. But if it's like you're doing that spear move and then you press up and triangle and it's to pull him forward, that doesn't mm-hmm. seem like the direction doesn't go with what's going on on the screen. And that would be goofy. And to try to memorize all that would be hard. I think if they, if it was like a like a repeat of the end of the, of whatever the command was for the move, it's just like, so it's like back forward, triangle and then forward triangle again like it's like the Mm -hmm. exact same thing that could work but yes what you're saying about that is kind of intimidating to me like i don't know if that's like great because it is it is further complication but i don't Mm -hmm. think that there's any reason for it and what did you call it you said it was just kind of it's it's just more of a chore than anything it's just tedious Yeah. yeah and it's like i think the one that bothered me the most with scorpion was um one of his variation moves he like blows the fire you know he takes off the mask and blows the fire in front of you or whatever and the amplified version of that like the input was something like back and like uh, r1 or something but the amplified version the animation is he walks forward with it like and he kind of you know walks you down with the fire so and i'm like pressing well, back to walk forward yeah and i'm like I, I, it even messed me up when i was playing it i was trying to press forward and, and r1 to like oh like that's how you do it and then i had to go back and check and i was like oh it's it's actually back in r1 i'm like well what what's the significance there like i understand what the developers are trying to do with it but when you look at something like sonia's move list it's like i think pretty much every one of her special moves has like uh, an amplified version and in the 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 basic variation that they had for the first one she had like i don't know like six or seven special moves and each one like there's a picture of it i did a story on, on the website for it but there's, you know, you look at the move list and it's like special move. Here's one input for amplify. Here's another special move, completely different input for amplify. 
Next special move, completely different input for Amplify. So she has like seven different ones that you have to learn. And it's like, I why would you want to do that? Like it's, again, I, I try to think of it as more like bringing in a newcomer. Like, okay, you want to do the cool flashy stuff as fast as possible. Now I have to kind of sit there in the move list and like, all right, let me try to remember what this is. Got to keep going back and checking, and it's just it becomes oh, tedious. Well, pack it up. I thought this was a great game, but now <laughs> I, I guess I'm it's not. Gonna, I'm canceling my my pre order. I don't want Shao Kahn. I don't want any of it. Yeah. Well, we should we should wrap this up pretty soon. But you got to do some. Uh, did you get to play with all the characters? Yeah, I messed did around you with all play the characters. With Garrus. I did. I did play some Garrus. Yeah, uh, he was really interesting. Um, he has some like the the time. Uh, manipulation mechanics and all of that and i think the biggest one that you've probably seen is uh he has a special move where he like freezes you in place and then he can like hit you a couple times and you don't move so you're There's just taking the damage click where adam sandler punches <laughs> the crap out of a time frozen yeah. david hasselhoff <laughs> yeah and with nrs being who they are i wouldn't doubt that's where they got the idea from <laughs> Could be. Could be. yeah um, and he he's interesting he also has like a, a, a command throw i think that um like he tackles the opponent he runs like across the screen and he runs pretty far, so it's got, like, really good corner carry. Um, and he's, like, a grappler-style character. And he's just this big, beefy dude that, you know, with his fatality, he, like, punches your chest off, which I was still kind of perplexed by when it comes to, like, you know, the female characters and stuff. I, I didn't really look at the footage on that. But, um, yeah, he's, he's a really cool addition. Uh, and he just, he looks amazing. Everything in the damn game looks amazing. Yeah, tell me about Scarlet. You said that she was your favorite. Yeah, so far Scarlet was the one that I kind of kept gravitating back towards. Um, she has some really great ranged moves. Uh, she's gonna definitely focus more on the on the zoning aspect of stuff, which is different for me because I, I like rush down. But um, just the animations on all of her moves, like all of the blood splatter and everything that comes out, it's like uh, I know the developers are telling me that it's you know they they made a made it a point to really get uh, the the way that the blood and stuff would move in real life like they they tried to accurately portray it in the game they did a lot of studying there uh and, and it, it really shows too like she's the like way a that magneto everything... of blood right she can control yeah. your blood from within you it's, like, <laughs> it's game's... awesome yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy yeah and she has a lot of good uh ranged moves she has like um some cool zoning tools like the the, the blood tentacle that comes out on you know three different areas on the screen that you can kind of manipulate it and i think there's actually a fourth version of it too uh, and you can amplify that as well don't ask me the input i don't know um she has like a, a blood trail thing that she can do where she she sends blood through the ground and like it hits you and stuff she has this like barrier explosion move where you know blood kind of explodes out in all directions around her uh the range on that's not too great it's more like a i think it might be more of a get off me move i'd, I'd have to test but uh, it was cool to use in combos and stuff but she has some really cool juggles and stuff um i did like her because uh she doesn't have too much in the way of combo strings so you can kind of get in there and just start playing her right away she had like a one string that was really good for just juggling and continuing the combo and stuff like that so she seems like she might be a good uh beginner character uh, at least just to kind of get a taste of the game which is great because you know scarlet was so highly requested and people wanted her back for so long it's good to have that character be you know hey i can just jump in and start doing cool stuff and, and she looks great and it's it's just a win overall i, I felt for nrs Absolutely. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we've expressed there's a few little hesitations, a few things that eh, maybe not the best, but man, what a home run uh, from presentation. I think that this game, like I said earlier, offers something for the casuals. It offers something for the competitives. It, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are unless you get hung up on the gore or something like that. This is a beautiful looking game and it looks to be real fun and, you know, from all of these different angles. I'm very excited for it, especially after what we saw 
last Thursday. So did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Yeah, just walking away from that experience and playing the the current build of it or, you know, the first playable build of it, um, I, I really didn't have too many gripes with it outside of the Amplify inputs. That was really the biggest thing that stuck out to me. Kind of walked away from that, you know, a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. But again, it's it's good to know that, you know, the developers are aware of it. They, they're getting some feedback on that and it's not a for sure thing yet. So they, they might revert it, which I would like to see. But Damn, I I just I really enjoyed the game. I didn't really have too much to complain about. Honestly, it's it looks so it looks so good in person too. Like it, you know, I know everybody's been watching the streams and the the trailers and everything, but damn, when you see it in motion, it's like it's kind of hard to believe. It, it really is. It's like wow, this this game is just unbelievable. Um, and I'm I'm really excited for it, and I'm just glad to see that you know. NRS is kind of back with a new game and we're going to see the combat casts coming in pretty soon where we're going to get a bunch of, you know, information and reveals. Like that's one thing that NetherRealm does really well is that they're they're not really tight-lipped with their information. They come out and, you know, they have these big broadcasts and they they talk about everything that's, you know, going on with the game. Here are some new announcements. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that, you know, over the next few months before the game drops. You know, I said it yesterday on Best of 5 you know, Capcom's fine. Uh, Bandai Namco has mm-hmm. been doing really well, but man, it it, it feels kind of lull. Like there's a lull going on right now with fighting games, um, and mm-hmm. I think that NRS, with what they've shown here and and everything, they really are primed to take that number one spot for fighting games right now. Um, and it's a little early to say that it'll happen. But I would not be surprised if MK11 drops and it takes, or at least in some respects, takes the 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 Iron Throne for fighting games. So we'll see. But man, they are looking good right now. Yeah, and it, it's just really cool to see in a market where there are so many fighting games out right now, so many mainstream fighting games that all of these major companies are kind of battling it out for like what's going to be the biggest game, what's going to be, you know, who can do it the best, and. Uh, you know, NetherRealm just came in like a bat out of hell, and they just they knocked it out of the park a couple times, you know, in one sitting. So I'm curious to see how the game launches. All right, real quick, who do you hope to see jump on the roster that's not there yet? Oh, dude, Nightwolf, obviously Nightwolf. I've been crying for Nightwolf forever when he wasn't left out of Mortal Kombat X. I would have even taken the dead Nightwolf when he was a Revenant or whatever the hell they were called. I I would have played him in any form, but I, I loved him in MK9. He's my favorite character, but I really hope that he comes in. Uh, and Ed Boon was like pseudo hinting at him. I know it wasn't the real. Blood cause moon. The Blood Moon, yeah, he was just like being you know a little bit cheeky about it like oh yeah this means Nightwolf's confirmed guys uh, har har kind of thing but i do hope that he's actually in well i'm hoping for cobra from deception and i hope that they make <laughs> his face intentionally really bad and it's just a shout out to ken from street fighter 5 so oh no anyways that was our mortal Kombat portion of this week's podcast thank you so much steven for jumping on absolutely thanks for having me we're gonna jump now on to other matters that don't have to do with mortal Kombat in a round two round two and we're back um but steven is gone in his place john catalyst gray you know him you love him can you say hi to the people john yeah i don't know about that whole love him part uh i think they more tolerate me but yeah yeah here um, i am well so. well you told us we had to say that anytime we were in a in kind of a public form so anyways uh <laughs> moving away from mortal Kombat 11 stuff we recently heard about potential cross-play services from epic games and epic is huge they do uh they do unreal engine they do a little game you might have heard of called fortnite so for them to be entertaining all this stuff they they could be a real mover and shaker in this genre in this in this um 
this area of the uh, of the gaming world. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's terrific news for the fighting game community. This should cover basically every fighting game kind of going forward. Uh, they're typically built on the Unreal Engine, but this is even these tools are even for Unity games. Uh, I don't know how many other games out there kind of um, aren't covered with that. I'm assuming around 90% of all video games out there are covered under those two engines. Um, basically, you have to use something like the id engine or like your own custom engine now for you know a game to not be covered by those two. Um, so the barrier for crossplay, crossplay, I should say, is going to be lower than it ever has been before. And I kind of see it with the fighting game community of like, hey, there's no excuse anymore at this point in time. If you have a game coming out in the future, like Mortal Kombat 11 is a little bit, you know, a little dicey on there. I, I know they've talked about like uh, with the, the launch, it may not have crossplay, but they're looking forward, you know, to, to being able to add it in there. Uh, and just to give people a timeline of where this is looking at, uh, it's coming in right now, like the initial bit where you can do um, the ability to like kind of log in and, and do some messaging features and whatnot is coming uh, around the quarter two, quarter three of this year. So somewhere around like April to September, you know, uh, and then the matchmaking part, which is, you know, I think what most people care about, at least in the, the fighting game community is coming somewhere around August to December of this year. So. I personally feel like this is going to be fairly buggy when it comes out. It's cross-play between a bunch of different platforms. Um, you know, Epic Games is a really good, you know, development company. Obviously, they make the Unreal Engine. Um, uh, they, they're very experienced, uh, top-notch company. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. At the same time, this is like, this is juggling a lot of balls out there. And if it comes in with you know, no bugs and no issues, I would just be blown away shocked. Um, but the foundation is going to be there. Uh, and especially for next generation, you know, fighting game titles are, if anything, you know, maybe wants to hit this, uh, you know, generation of fighting games. Uh, it's it's going to have a very firm foundation in place that they can work off of for crossplay. And um, I, I remember Capcom, for example, like talking about this and saying how big of a deal it was for them to put it into Street Fighter V, where they needed Sony's help like a lot to make that go. And and they said again, you know, with many things with Street Fighter V, without Sony's help, like it doesn't get done. Uh, that basically doesn't take that off the table. They might need some help from the you know the individual companies like Microsoft and Sony, but. Uh, the barrier for entry is way lowered. You know, it's a, it's more of a hop than it is like, you know, climbing a, a, a mountain, you know, so to speak. Well, I feel like the final boss for this whole process is going to be Sony themselves. It seems like out of all of the entities involved, they are the ones that are holding out the most. They're kind of the last ones to join whenever we see it, like with... Uh, what is it with um, Rocket League and then with like Fortnite and such? And then uh, there, there's that new Power Rangers game coming out, and it's, it's apparently Sony hasn't really got on board with making that crossplay, is what I've briefly heard about it thus far. But the the general theme is that Sony is the one that is kind of still trying to like you know hold out, be like the last bastion against this. But I mean, I, I just don't see if everybody else does it, even as big of a powerhouse as Sony is. They really can't ostracize themselves from everyone else, right? I mean, that, that yeah. would just be a almost a suicidal for sure move. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've got Microsoft and Nintendo allowing it, and then with the PC, uh, you know, Sony doesn't have complete market dominance where they can do a, a boneheaded move like that, like they've done in the past, where you know they're throwing their weight around. They're like, well, hey, we're the number one console maker, so we can do whatever we want, pretty much. And 
I think that they realize that there's a lot of folly with that way of thinking. And it's why we've seen crossplay come to like things like Fortnite. You know, they finally said, hey, uh, you know, this is the best place to play or whatever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the load times and the, the frame rate issues and the, the V-Sync and all that like input lag. Yeah, that's the best place to play, you jerks. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Sorry, a little salt here at Sony. I, I, you know, just dealing with all the Street Fighter Five madness I have, like a, just a little pissed off at them with that. But um, I, I think that even they will relent on that issue and, and it will be kind of a, a standard across you know all platforms I would hope um, but I can also see people you know making things maybe a little more difficult uh, than some others like say Microsoft you know for example might be really easygoing about implementing that or Sony might you know make it do a bunch of standardized testing and like you know sink quite a bit of money in it to to get it on their platform I could definitely see something like that happening yeah. So I, I think that it's just a matter of time, like you said, a couple of bugs to uh, to work out almost certainly when this all starts, but very much moving in the right direction. And it's an exciting time for, you know, for video games to be a gamer in general. The the reach, the, the world's getting a little bit smaller, you know? Yeah. Uh, we yeah. all play with each other now, regardless of, you know, don't have to have a Red Robin wedding or anything like that. <laughs> um, well, not not yet. We'll see how the next generation consoles go, you know, and, and <laughs> I have a hunch it's going to start up again and people are going to be like... Eh, more technical with their claims like did you know like you know the xbox is like two or whatever they're gonna call it like has like ten thousand teraflops of you know processing power and i like and you know well my controller is easier to grip and you know and it's just it's it's gonna start all over again like it, it's i'm actually looking forward to like the south park episodes of this like next generation like console wars i i don't even if they're know they're gonna do them but i'm looking forward to them just to see all the the crazy shenanigans that come out there so well, so, yeah. speaking of crazy shenanigans, Nintendo has come out of the woodwork and decided to throw a something of a pro tour for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. It's going to be, uh, well, there's going to be one in Europe. There's going to be one in North America. Uh, the North American one is split into four regions. Uh, and this, this goes through, uh, I believe it's Canada, the United States, and Mexico. And it's going to be through a series of online events. There will be 12 of them in total. Uh, the <laughs> and the winners get flown out to PAX East in March, I believe it is, toward the end of March, to play in this big finals. Now, uh, we haven't seen Nintendo do too much in the competitive realm for the Smash games. In fact, in the you know in history, they've been more of an obstacle, kind of not wanting to let Melee be streamed at Evo, things along those lines. A little bit of a new leaf here, but this is very clearly not for the competitive Smash crowd. Uh, it's it's set up to be single elimination. It's a time as opposed to stock rule, and items are on low, and Smash Balls are on, and it's mm -hmm. online. And Smash Ultimate already, I think the biggest strike against it is its online place. Are right they now. even going to be able to set this up and like have it run properly? Like, I, I mean, because you go to play uh, Smash Online and like you get randomly matched with people who have different role sets in there. So, <laughs> can Nintendo even enforce their own role set? This I, I'm is poking gonna fun. Gonna be yeah. scary. Like, I, but it's again, uh, if you look at it from the competitive point of view, you go, "This is already a train wreck, and it hasn't even begun yet." But mm. this is the, the competitive crowd is not who they're catering to with this. That's not who they have in mind. And, and Smash doesn't have to have the competitive crowd in mind. That's actually a fairly minute portion of the Smash community. You know, like this is such a huge game. I believe uh, it was Dakota that recently ran a story where 
Smash has like outsold, or I think he said he, they outsold God of War already, and oh, they had like goodness. five million down or five million um, uh, units sold in in the first month, something along those lines. It's like the the player base for this is huge, and as big as this competitive Smash crowd is, there's just a million billion other people out there playing this game. And so what I think that this tour does, it goes like, hey, you can be, you know, you can be part of this, and it's more from it's a party game, and there's competition involved because there's a winner and a loser and a, and a whole you know tournament system a bracket that you have to run through but ultimately this is not going to be like you know an armada left in finals or zero or someone like that i think it's going to be joe schmo um, playing through that you know that just is good with a certain character's final smash um and that's fine but i think it's very important that the community doesn't look at this as this is supposed to be this you know competitive event and and, and such because it's very clearly not yeah, I, I think the I think the top end competitors are gonna shine even with items, you know, on low and smash balls and all that. I it's just they're that much better than the field. Um and, and I think there's gonna be some legitimacy to the competition. It's just not gonna be as legit as your standard fighting game community affair. You know, like singles, no items, here's your limited stages, all that kind of stuff. Um I'm happy to see Nintendo doing it, but I'm I'm upset that there's like no prize money like that they've revealed attached to it. And this is a huge, 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 huge game, an opportunity, and everyone else is doing some kind of Pro Tour for their tournament. And I I've got this labeled as Nintendo Pro Tour. Oops, like North American Championships. You know, it's like, <laughs> come on, Nintendo, you guys like should be a little better than this by now, like a little better. Like we're not asking for too much. This is a huge game, as you said. It's outsold outsold God of War, I should say already and glitch six like this last weekend had sixty five thousand people watching the grand finals of smash ultimate between uh tweak and nairo and, and those are two you know very good smash four players like they're, they're some of the better ones but it's not like you know it's the ultimate like zero versus you know showdown basically zero is like you know that the, the god of smash four um but again these, these two players are very good too it's just there's there's a huge viewership here for, for Glitch 6. And we've got Genesis, which is just like about a, um, nine days away right now, eight days away, uh, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Uh, that's going to be awesome. That's like the m- next major, major Smash event. And the one, Glitch 6, it's big, it's nice. 65,000 people were watching the Grand Finals, Nintendo. That is huge. Get in there, do something with your community, damn it. Like, actually support them they deserve it the smash community is amazing they need your actual support in here especially when you have just made millions upon millions upon millions of dollars off them yes you made a killer game but get in there and support your goddamn community a little bit all right anyway yeah well said uh, I'm not going to touch that one anymore. Moving right along to another world tour. Uh, well, actually, an actual world tour. Uh, the Dragon Ball Fighters tour is ending, uh, I think it is this coming weekend, where the four already uh, established competitors, the, those that already have a Dragon Ball from the world tour, will be awaiting. The, and there's going to be, because Kazunoko has won so many events, there are now still four spots remaining in this final eight-man bracket so there are going to be four last chance qualifier events all uh, you know in the same weekend if i'm if i'm reading things right so there's also uh we're likely going to see a jiren reveal there and i'm very excited about that character because of justin adapted trigger gordon has told me all about him uh in uh, dragon ball super i believe it is and he he just uh, 
he's so upset about the character because he, he actually still him. watches. Yeah, he actually he still watches. Him. Like, Jiren just kind of exists and he's like awesome just because people say he's awesome. And, and like, they give no reasons and no backing for why he's such a, like this amazingly powerful character. And, and just, it's almost like they're trolling their fan base at this point in time. Uh, but I actually have heard legitimate stuff about Jiren where it's like people are like, well, he's mysterious. He's unknown. Like, they always, you know, go to too many lengths to like over explain stuff in Dragon Ball sometimes. Like, you know, his power level is over 9,000 or whatever. Like it's with Jiren, you don't know any of that stuff. And like it adds to his, you know, mystique. Right. Um, but anyway, so I, I like the character more so because he's kind of a troll character. <laughs> he's kind of dumb looking. Um, he, he's pretty awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. Uh, he's kind of, yeah, he, he's a standout character for me. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we've, we've got such uh, a terrific Dragon Ball fighters like players right now. Uh, everyone kind of coming together here uh, for one final event. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, it it's uh, it's going to be a great, you know, weekend to check it out. Coupled with announcements, like make sure you watch it. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And as one tour ends, a whole other league is uh, getting ready to start back up. We heard yesterday that the Street Fighter, uh, I, I don't want to butcher the name here, the Street Fighter, it's a new league where it's a 3v3. Uh, interesting take on com- the, the competition side of things. Now, this is not in place of the Capcom Pro Tour or anything like that. It's going to run in tandem with it. Um, but people are... Um, I would say people's interests are peaked, but they certainly have some reservations about this whole thing because mm-hmm. of uh, one one component in particular. The teams, like I said, it's 3v3, and they will implement character bans at the beginning of each set. So each team can choose a character to ban from their opponent's team. Uh, what have been your reactions to this whole, this new esports uh, or Street Fighter League, I should say, <sighs> and and the idea of banning and, and the way the community is responding to it? So, Capcom is a torchbearer for a lot of things in the fighting game community. They're the first, you know, group with the Pro Tour. Um, they've invested heavily in our scene, and I want to give them a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt here. Then, I mean, on the esports side of things, it, it's pretty hard to knock them. You can knock them for certain things there but it, it they're kind of the gold standard in our community and, and rightly so they, they've done a great job there i looked at this and i looked at the format and i just had a big question of why like why do you do this it almost seems like you're trying to be like a moba and bring that into street fighter where with character bands and like the team play um team play like even in smash where they have the 2v2 you know um uh, format like that's it's a thing but it's not as big of a thing as the singles. And, you know, the Street Fighter League is not being marketed as, like, you know, a replacement for the Pro Tour or anything. They're just, it's kind of a little spinoff thing, but it just, it jumps out at me as, like, why? Like, why are you doing this? And I, I do wish them luck here, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I We'll watch it. We'll check it out. I just, when I've seen this in the past in fighting game community events, I, I've always not been very impressed by it. It's been, it's been okay. Uh, they've tried to manufacture drama. You know, but I'm not seeing it. But what do you think? What are you seeing so far? You know, I I think that because it's not replacing the Pro Tour or anything like that, uh, last year we had the E-League reality television show, and I think that kind of filled this this type of, you know, role. Um, we've also had a lot of other events that run in tandem with the Pro Tour, like the, uh, the, other, the E-League and, like, the Red Bulls, um, Kumite, and, and those are cool. This is a little different than that. It's more, I guess you could say, kind of gimmicky. Um, it sounds very much like they're trying to do 
esportsy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so there's one of the biggest, or probably the biggest in esports right now, as far as genres go, are MOBAs, and MOBAs almost always have built-in character bans from the beginning. And but it, those are made to be team games, and banning characters is, uh, I think it's very, it's clear that that's more significant in those games and has a more direct and obvious implication and part of the strategy and planning. Um, in this one, I think that there could we could easily fall into a um, something that that where the the interaction the competition is lowered to such a degree that most of the audience that would normally watch this wouldn't really care, mm-hmm. and where maybe the casual crowd would care about something like that. I don't know that we really have much of a casual crowd for Street Fighter as much as it's been on you know TV and you know, TBS, ESPN two. I don't think that this game really got the casual crowd. I think that it was way too crappy upon release. It didn't make people want to keep playing. Most people stuck through it because they were hoping that it would get better and they were playing more on the competitive side. And and so it's like there are a lot of lessons learned through this game, but the main takeaway for here, the significant thing, is that I don't think that you're going to have a lot of Joe Schmoes off the street care about this, and this is more so catering to them. So the crowd that you are going to have are just going to kind of berate you and we've seen yeah, fight, fighting games are hardcore. Um, we we've I get that every time you know someone does a fighting game product, pretty much they try to make it appeal to more casual fans, which is good. Uh, there was a much ado about Marvel versus Capcom three, where they had the light, medium, heavy, and then special attack buttons, and they got rid of punch and kick. And everyone was massively upset about it when that was announced. Um, the fact that Perry's went away from Street Fighter three to Street Fighter four uh, again, you know riots on the streets, whatever you want to say, like all that stuff happened. And then people got their hands on it. You know, many people argue that that Street Fighter 4, rightly so, is the most technical game in the entire franchise, which it might be. Uh, There's a very good case to be made there. Uh, Marvel 3 had a ridiculous level of execution requirements and like knowledge that you needed to play the game. Like where I'm going at with this is no matter how much fighting games try to to dial it back and make them easy to play for like casual crowds, like it's it's very hard to to make that a thing where the game is actually easy to play for for typical gamers. You know, it's just that that's not what fighting games are. Um, and, and I don't care what you do there, like unless you fundamentally change how they're played, and you know, you go to like the the easy input systems, like you know, uh, Rising Thunder had or Fantasy Strike uses or something. Like it's really hard to bridge that gap for most people. Um, again, Street Fighter Five is like staring us in the face and laughing, right? <laughs> but even then, you know, casual gamers aren't picking up the game and, and beating Daigo or whatever. Uh, loopy fiasco uh, aside here but uh, anyway so I, I get this I, I just as you say I kind of wonder what market they're trying to hit like is there enough casual gamers out there that are going to be able to pick this up and play it and be like oh yeah this is you know or, or watch this event I should say and go oh yeah this is great um and the rules are a little bit shaky to me, too. Um, so the leader of the team is a North American player uh, off the CPT leaderboards. That's fine. That's great. Hey, you know, there's zero issue there. Online qualifiers decide the, the second spot, which is fine. You know, there's no real issue with that. And then the third is fan voted by the fighting game community. And that goes, oh, boy. Like, yeah. who are we going to get in there now? Because the, if there's one thing we know about the fighting game community is that they love to troll. And and so we're going to see low tier God. Welcome to your team with Chris T and Knuckle Do. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, and, and and then you got the one character banning type thing. I just I 
I wish Capcom stated a little bit more, maybe in the announcement, like what their goal was here. Like we're trying to, like you know, hey, this it's clear it's not a replacement for the Pro Tour. That's for really hardcore fans. We got that. But like, what do you what are you doing here? Like, what is this? And and I I think we have our answer. It's a more casual base type thing, trying to get the more of the MOBA action. And I just for me, it misses the mark. We thought adding team play to a Street Fighter V tournament series would bring a compelling layer of strategy and drama to the format, said producer Yoshinori Ono. We are exploring this format within a new tournament series, in addition to our ongoing support of the existing popular Capcom Pro Tour. We hope our fans will enjoy this fresh perspective on Street Fighter esports, and we'll be analyzing their feedback to incorporate into future seasons of the league. So he's saying a lot without saying much as usual. With mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you know we hope they enjoy this fresh fresh perspective. It's going to add strategy. It's like okay, yeah. I mean, it's this to appeal to more casual fans or not? Like, what do you what are you doing this for? Um, so I don't know. Well, um, let's hope those casual fans show up and have their voices heard, and that it's a positive response because. Um, Michael Martin, who I think spearheaded a lot of this, it seems, he was the one that posted all of this on Capcom Unity. Um, he posted yesterday on Facebook uh, the following. Um, and, and like we said, there's a lot of negativity about the, the ban part of this, and the character ban, I should say, and what's not. But Michael Martin says, If I'm being honest, I'm at a point where I feel like I want to lock down my social accounts and limit access to myself. It's actually something I hate because I always wanted people to feel they could engage me, but social media can be so anxiety-inducing and Mm -hmm. depressing. Growing tough skin is one thing, but one can only see so much constant negativity and harassment. I have to assume that comes because of the backlash that comes from yesterday's reveal of this league, everyone just going in on it. I don't know if they're going in on Michael Martin directly, but... Uh, to me, that says uh, he probably has this baby that he's put a lot of time and effort into, and then now everyone's just crapping on it, and uh, and that's unfortunate, you know. Um, but gosh, it just it doesn't it doesn't seem like this is off to a very good start. And and we'll definitely, like you said, we'll see it, we'll watch it, we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. But the community is not open arms about it right now. Yeah, and I, I will throw out there that you have to be really careful with social media. Anyone who has a, a decently high profile on there knows you get a lot more hate than you do any kind of, you know, praising and like, hey, I'm going to tune in to watch this. So it's a, it's a bit of a barometer of how things are looking in the community uh, and what you see. But you have to be really careful about how much you judge that because so much of it is crap. People just wanting to, you know, pop off with stuff to do it. You know, I'm I, I think it comes across here with what I've already said. Like, I'm very skeptical of this. I, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I, I'm still going to tune in. Like, I'm still going to watch it. Like, you've got a chance to hook me and get me in there. Like, again, Capcom has done so much for the fighting game community for the with esports sides uh, of things. Like, I, you've got the benefit of the doubt from me. You know, like, I'm still going to watch. I'm just, I'm expressing my skepticism because it's new and it's different. And damn it, we're the fighting game community. We hate everything that is new and different so there it is well speaking of things i hate the topanga league well i guess you could call it the official tier list has come out um and where people like fudo haitani bonchan tokido mago gachikun have come together and made a tier list for street fighter 5 season 4 and i hate that g is in the next to lowest tier i do not know what they're thinking and even though all of those guys have had much more competitive success than i ever have i maintain that they are completely wrong and should not be trusted from anything else moving forward yeah i they even before this they had g in uh the very bottom tier and i i look at that and go what 
Like you've got G down there with uh, characters like Ed and Vega, and I I don't see that at all. Uh, and uh, this does go to show though that experience is very wildly in these games, and it does take time to build up a corporate knowledge for the entire community of like who's really good and who's not. Uh, just a few things I'll throw out there, um, because for the most part, like when we talked about our tiers previously, when we were going through the the top changes, we had characters like Akuma, Abuki, Rashid, and Bison all up there, you know, near the top of the list, and that's who they do have up there. So it's a few characters that stand out, and you go, oh, uh, but they have Birdie, which looks like overall number one as a top character in the game, mm-hmm. and I know you do not like Birdie as a character, like. In any scenario that you can envision right now, do you see him being the number one character right now in this game? I see massive holes in his gameplay, but I also haven't I haven't played much season four. Out of mm-hmm. training with Kage, I've kind of been taking a break from the game because I'm I'm sort of hating it right now. Mm. <laughs> but but I mean that aside, yeah, I mean I've I know my birdie and uh, and he's fairly prominent online too, at least in like the the diamond and above ranks. You run into him quite a quite a bit. And he definitely can win games. I mean, he can win a Capcom Cup here and there, but best in the game, I I don't really see it. And and you know what? Going back really quick to the G thing, that tells me that they've figured something out about how to to counter the character all fairly universally. Like there must be something like if you do this, then it'll shut down most of everything, and then he can be negated. Is what that probably means. But then you also have like Cody in the bottom tier with Ed, Laura, Vega, and they. Have still have Ryu down there uh that is crazy to me because it seems like Cody was like we've said before right on the brink and then could potentially jump up so a lot of weird to me choices here yeah I mean they've got Fong in the middle tier and I mean we discussed him and it didn't seem like he got a lot more a lot of the top Fong players are like he's better but he's not much better um and uh, how does how does he propel himself to mid-tier now and and that's where they've got him and even maybe upper mid you know and uh, it's what you know like uh, I don't know I, I see this list and, and again it's a good idea with all tier lists to keep them you know take them with a grain of salt that yeah some of the stuff is probably off and not accurate and they need more time to kind of unpack it um, I mean they've got Nikali just a character that you play quite a bit um, they've got him it looks like around the top 10 uh, now he's in you know the the second from the top tier um, or third from the top tier I should say. Uh, how do you feel about that? Do you do you think it's accurate in the slightest or? Well, uh, so yeah, I think that he's a character that can win, but he can just as easily lose, and a lot of that comes down to um, you know he picks one option and you pick another, and did it work out? And so it's like the cons- is he able? Does he have the tools? Yes. Is the consistency there? No. And um, so sure he can be anywhere in like the middle there, and that. That makes sense, and it depends on probably how often you face Nikali, how frustrated you've been by him, um, and and such, and the character that you play. But I think that that's a fair assessment. Like he could be there, he could be a, a tier lower, and I'd be fine with it. I think that he's fairly, he's fairly volatile in that sense, where where anything could kind of happen with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he can definitely get the job done, but just as easily he could have picked the wrong thing, and it feels like a lot of times. The decisions that he has to make leave him where it's like, a, I hope this is the right call. But if it's not, I lose. And if it is, I win. And you can only be so consistent when there are a significant amount of, I hope this is the right calls built into your gameplay. Mm, okay. Uh, a few other standout things for me are Guile in the top eight. I don't see how that's the case anymore. Uh, I think he's fallen off quite a bit from there. They have Zangief in the top six, it looks like right now. Yeah. Uh, woo, um, again, another one I'm kind of like scratching my head over. Um, 
yeah, it's, so it's interesting. I, I, I mean, it's maybe time will tell that you know they're completely right. Uh, you know, they've they've got uh, Ryu barely moving up at all, pretty much. You know where he was before. You know, in the previous season. Uh, I, I mean, again, just a lot of very interesting things out here that I'm not following uh, the reasoning on, but for the most part, seeing. Uh, again, I'll go back to the tier list that they did previously, where they had Laura as like a very low tier character, and then that they, was first season. Uh, that was that was season two. No way yeah. that was season two. Oh, yeah, two. it was season two. They had season two, and Laura was like C tier or something. Because, yeah. And then uh, and then they came over here, and Idom, uh, they got to play Idom's Laura, and he just wiped them like the crap out. You know, <laughs> just about to curse there because of how bad he destroyed a number of the, the players who came over. And I, you watch Idom's Laura in season two, and you want to cry. Uh, and I can't even imagine how bad it is to actually play against him. Um, so they, they've had some interesting rankings here in the past. Uh, we'll see. And it, again, it's so early into season four. I uh, don't want to put him on blast too hard. Uh, again, some some of the stuff has found out to be accurate. You know, uh, they've, they've got maybe, let's say, 50% of their placements you disagree with, you know, we might find out that, you know, um, uh, half of the, the placements that they had that were weird actually ended up being correct. Uh, and Ken, like on the upper part, I don't, yeah, a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, given the names that we're talking about here, Fudo, Tokido, Gachikun, Mago, Haitani, Bonchan, it's like, you got to give these guys, um, they know what they're talking about almost all the time. They're human, but so so they know what they're talking about almost all the time except for this time so (laughs) maybe maybe Uh, but i'm i don't know how confident i am in to go no bon chan you're wrong Mm -hmm. you know it's like yeah well here's what i see here's what you see but a huge part of all of this and i'm you know we're writing a lot of stories about the shifts for specific characters and such and a line i find myself writing in almost every one of those stories is a big part of the puzzle that we don't have yet is seeing these characters in competitive play Mm -hmm. That is a huge indicator, a huge influencer. So, I mean, and, and, and it's appropriate to do a tier list right now. It's also appropriate to do a tier list once we have that piece of the pie and we'll see how things change. So it's very early. A lot of this is probably going to shift. It's all good. I'm I'm willing to have a bigger ear than, than my mouth, you know, right now, if, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll move forward. But but yeah, G that low, whack. Uh, Cody that low, whack. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so speaking of Street Fighter V, I'm curious when we're going to actually hear something about the game again. Um, and right now, my guess is it's going to be February. Uh, I think we, we got our big announcement here of the Street Fighter V League for probably this month, uh, which is fine. You know, uh, no big issue with that. Um, but well, I th- well, is it when you're when you're launching all you know putting all these resources and doing this thing when there are a lot of other things that people are immediately more you know pressed about? I don't I. I don't know. I'm fairly unhappy right now. Yeah, no, it's a perfectly reasonable statement. And the reason how come I I, I say that is that I think the next generation consoles are coming a little bit later than some have speculated. Uh, I think there's no chance of them coming in 2019 here um, based on the things I'm reading and, you know, uh, industry analysis and all that. Um, I'm hearing actually more and more that 2021, two years away from now, seems more likely than before. A lot of people were saying 2020 initially, uh, and that's because of the holiday sales of the consoles. Um, Everyone actually had a really good holiday season, relatively speaking. It was not the best ever for anyone but Nintendo, I think, uh, in terms of, you know, Switch sales, but, you know, Switch just came out a little bit ago. But um, anyway, um, 
it, it, it was a very nice, like, oh, wow, like, you know, the, this hardware store has a good bit of life in it left. And I think everyone was kind of waiting on that to make their next generation console plans. And I think now that, that Capcom has official word from Sony and probably Microsoft that, hey, this is how our consoles did. Like, we're probably not going to be ramping up for next generation hardware right away. Like, go ahead and kind of keep, like, doing what you're doing. Um, it leads me to believe, and and I like I said before, it was a giant option select from Capcom. That's a company they didn't put anything out there. Is that I think right now we're going to get two more seasons of Street Fighter Five, and that would be this season right here of 2019, and then one more in 2020, uh, and then probably their next big game amount announcement sometime in 2020, I think. Um, and what that means for you know a Marvel game or whatever, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I think they I think they needed official word before they could do much more with season. What are we in for right now? Um, that's my thought. But but how are you seeing that right uh, impact for yourself? I th- I still stand where I was before when we first started talking about this when Kage was revealed, but no season pass, and all we got was that things are going to be different, but we didn't know what. Um, we started talking about how this might be the end for Street Fighter. They might be ramping things down. And at that time, I proposed that I think that it's going to be this season and then one more. So whatever that means with this new approach, that it could just be a handful of new characters. And, and I don't know why they're not doing season passes and such. But I think it's going to be two more years of support. Uh, that just because it feels like they were saying i know they didn't say through 2020 that just feels like the kind of longevity and based on that i think that the new consoles i would i would guess that it's the end like the christmas season for 2020 if it's not there then it's the christmas season or the holiday season for 2021 is probably when they're going to um have those ready so maybe just like you know slightly before so that people can buy them then Mm -hmm. but all those things considered i do think that like we're not getting a street fighter 6 quite yet Mm -hmm. i think that it's probably in development now but still in in early times and i mean with capcom feels so all over the place and they i don't know i'd I'd have to see more to really get a gauge of where they're at with what we talked about in their presentations of things after capcom cup they seem in in turmoil you know when we were Mm -hmm. there and it all kind of went down the way it did and you could see the looks on their faces of the Capcom employees is just like crap, you know, like and it was a fairly somber and solemn kind of feel where it should have been a, a success. And I think that that kind of uh, would just to, just to clarify to you, that was when Kage got revealed like two hours. Early. Or, yeah. yeah, like like yeah. so they botched their big reveal in a sense. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it was it certainly it certainly put a damping dampening on the uh, the whole situation. And and it feels like we haven't quite gotten away from that if you're Capcom since that time, Mm -hmm. like I've, whenever I think of that, you know, them and, and how things are going with street fighter, it's like, well, I mean, that was the last thing I saw of them directly is like their faces in that time. And then we got, you know, (laughs) got Michael Martin saying what he was saying on social media after yesterday's reveal and such. And it feels like, man, they're just kind of in the, just in a dampened time where they, they, things are kind of crappy. And I don't know if they have a whole lot of like oomph behind them right now. So, I mean, that's all speculation, really. We'll see more information comes out, then we'll actually get to kind of, you know, that'll be a huge piece of the puzzle. But right now, that's what it feels like. And so I think that the game is, I mean, it's better than it ever has been competitively, I think. But 
I also feel like there's this weird lull to it where people are just kind of meh about it. Like I, like I said, I haven't really played in two weeks, and that's never happened since the game dropped. I've never taken a two-week break. Mm-hmm. But every time I think about playing, I just go, yeah, well, I'll probably win some, and then I'll probably get random crush countered, and that's going to suck, and eh, I might lose, and I don't care about points, but I definitely do. And, you know, let's just skip that and play some Heroes of the Storm. All right. Know, let's just do that instead. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, And so that's been my attitude, and I wonder if that... It's usually like... Maybe I'm more extreme than the average, but but it's usually like when you're feeling that, there's a good chance that a lot of other people are feeling the same. And so, yeah, I, like I said, I, it, it's a kind of a weird time for Street Fighter Five right now, where we should be, you know, hurrah and move marching forward into 2019 and excited to see when you know Viper or Rose or whomever dropped. But we don't know. We don't have silhouettes. We don't have any hints. We don't have any indications. We got a league that the competitive scene doesn't really care about. And, and again, and then amidst the backdrop of uh, what NRS just did, it's like, yeah, I think there are better things to do with my time right now. Mm-hmm. And so it's not to say that I'm not going to play this game. It's not to say that people are going to just do this mass exodus. But it is to say that where Capcom really could be thriving and continuing to torchbear because they've got their... They've got, you know, a huge boost of charisma and attention and status because of their legacy. They're really dropping the ball, continue to do so. And um, like I told Steven earlier, it very well could be that we see NRS come up and take the the Iron Throne when it comes to the fighting game genre. So you're saying winter is coming. So Yeah, I understand. Yeah. All right. So speaking of Capcom sucking, I wanted to talk about how Capcom is awesome. <laughs> Actually, with the Resident Evil 2 re-release, um, I've been checking out reviews of that and the, the review scores are really high. Like Capcom nailed it. They knocked it out of the park. This is what you should be doing. And we look at things like Monster Hunter and, and oh my gosh, you know, and, you know, they've been making statements like, you know, higher review scores are the goal, like better quality and other things. Now we're talking about different development divisions. This is coming from, you know, their Division 1 team, Devil May Cry, Resident Evil, all that kind of stuff. Division 2 is their fighting game team, uh, which we know quite well. Uh, so Resident Evil Resident Evil 2 is going to come out this Friday. It's it's killer. Like, I mean, it's just, it, it looks like an amazing game. They, they nailed it. Like, when you get that high review scores, I think you've got a very high quality product on your hand. Yeah. And I cannot remember a fighting game launch from Capcom since 2009, and that was Street Fighter 4, where they've actually nailed it and got a great launch out in front of everyone. It's usually, oh, we dropped the ball really bad. Uh, please play the game anyway while we support it, and hopefully it comes out better. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think there's a really good cause to be skeptical for for fighting game community stuff. Like, that's what they've shown us time and time and time again. Again, I'll just really, really quickly run this down. Street Fighter Five, Marvel 3, uh, Ultimate Marvel 3, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, uh, Marvel Infinite, like these are games that had pretty terrible launches. And I mean, that's their track record we're working off of. And then, you know, we talk about things like lack of communication. So I'm going back to this and going, okay, well, one division is kind of nailing it. Like, is there is there hope for the, the fighting game community where they finally start getting this stuff down? And, and I'm probably not asking you at a good time here, but <laughs> let me ask you anyway. Do you see any kind of, uh, of, of horizon where we are in a better spot? Or do you think we're going to kind of see more of the same here with, with future things? You know what I think it takes for me? Um, you look at, you look at like the tournament major landscape and such, and all of these events that are supposed to be more esports and, and be made for the spectators and such. 
and there's a lot of clear effort that says, hey, come watch this. Like they're going out of their way to to get people and get their attention. They're handing out flyers. They're directing your attention. They're putting out ads and, and like metaphorical flyers and ads and such and whatnot. But mm-hmm. they're really going, hey, look at this thing. It's really cool. Look at it. Buy the products that are advertised on it. You know, like pay attention to this. Street Fighter V is not a terrible game, but you know, when I when I think about the foundations of what is required, you need something that people like to play without being told that they should watch and play it. And Street Fighter V is like a meh in that in that for, at least for me in my mm-hmm. experiences. It's like it's fine, but like I said earlier, when I think about playing, I don't get excited because I think about the the successes that I could have and like you know the interactions that i might have on the menu screen while i'm waiting for a uh for for a match to come up and then the actual match i'm thinking about like my mind immediately goes to the negatives and what's not going to be fun about you're it you're telling me you don't have fun on the menu screen dude like <laughs> well i mean okay cuz well bringing up heroes of the storm even like yeah. when you after you you know level up with your character you get a loot box and that drops yeah. new loot and then so while you're waiting for your next match you can go through and it's it's the it's a stupid little thing but you get a little notification like a number of like you've got this many new bits of you know gear or banners or whatever little meaningless things you know icons for your character but you get to go through and you look at them and when you hover your mouse over them that makes that notification counter go down and it's something engaging that i actually like care about doing during a loading screen instead of just sitting there i mean and then there you know there's training mode and such and that's fine but i'm just saying like every little aspect of these other games is is fun and engaging and street fighter 5 is not and so yeah. what i'm what i'm getting at here is that the foundation is like is like a six out of ten, man. Mm-hmm. And and what this is all based on, all of that advertising, all of that, hey, come here and look at this, and hey, give this, give your time to this, and give your attention to this. It has to be based on something that's legitimately fun to begin with, and that's where this all comes from. And I think that Street Fighter Five was a lot of lessons learned, and it's like it's not something that just gets burned and thrown away, but it's like not the best. It's like I don't want to spend my free time doing this a lot of the time. I'll do it with friends that you know want to play in a certain way and such, but I don't really want to go online and play it. And and if that's the case then it's not something that you can really build this on and have a long-lasting kind of uh, you know sense of success. It's like people will look at it to an extent, but they're not going to do it of their own accord. And so your foundations are shaky, man. You're building on the beach. You know, you're building on the sand, and I don't think it's very strong. And so I think that that ripples out into all of these things. It ripples out into the into the way the community talks about it. It ripples out into like the, the majors and, and such. And, and again, I have to stress, I don't hate it. I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it's good enough to be, you know, what we build this all off of. And so, uh, and I think that now we have other options. I'm looking at MK11, like, man, there's a, there's a really good option and it's good on like a lot of different fronts. It's like, I can spend my money and my time doing that if I want to do fighting game stuff. So I think that the answer to all of these problems is keep going with Street Fighter V, finish it out, make it as good as it can be. And it's not polishing a turd, but it's polishing a you know, not the most beautiful car in the lot. And then when Street Fighter VI comes out, first and foremost, get those review scores up. And not through lobbying, through making a legit good game that is fun to play, that is satisfying, that is rewarding, that is challenging in the right ways, that doesn't feel like it's a chore, as callbacks to what Steven was talking about earlier. That, that dots the I's and crosses the T's and uh, and then you can build this this you know 
entity of, of esports and, and these other things, but the foundation has to be good. So I say make Street Fighter Six fun to play on a fundamental level um, and and make the most of what you've got with Street Fighter Five, but don't try to like blow it up into new things because it just doesn't have the the legs to do that. Um, one thing I want to throw out there too for you: you've been playing Heroes of the Storm. Uh, Activision Blizzard just completely gutted the entire esports scene yeah. for that. Like, you're still okay with playing the game, even despite that like happening. Well, because I'm, the, the, I mean, it's, it's it's apples and oranges okay. in certain in certain senses. Because when I'm playing Street Fighter, it's like I want to play to get better to the sense of to the point of winning. When I'm playing Heroes, like I'm playing, you know, not ranked and not even we don't even ban characters because we're <laughs> I just doing like quick match and such, mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to to play and have fun to do it and so it's like i say apples to oranges uh, street fighter has a lot i'm, I'm going to be a lot more strict with that gotcha. game but there are little things like i said like there are many there are way fewer places in heroes of the storm where i'm just sitting back like either bored or very frustrated and there are some frustrated things there are some characters that are you know not balanced very well and too op or um, mismatches and such but like i find myself with a lot more spikes of dopamine and a lot fewer like sitting in fr- just stewing in frustration um doing that and uh, you know that's that's going to be the the takeaway of the average person anyway they're not going to sit and like pick it apart and analyze it but they're going to go you know even subconsciously did i have fun or did was i upset and frustrated a, a significant you know amount of the time and and yeah okay so let me ask you this now uh, we, we've talked a lot about street fighter 6 and you know kind of the next big thing or if it's alpha 4 or whatever how many resources do you think capcom should should dump into pardon me polishing the turd here um are you know polishing the not great car here in street fighter 5 versus like yeah this is kind of is what it is at this point and we're gonna see it out to some extent and kind of move on like where do you feel that balance lies at i think that a huge part of it is is doesn't cost you almost anything in the sense of talk to the community. It's like that we know what we've got now with Street Fighter Five. We know what we're getting into, um, and like I said, Season Four I think is the most competitively balanced the game has ever been with the mechanics and the character balance and such, um, and that's a good thing. But I mean, don't try to don't try to do new ventures with it. Don't try to blow it up into something else. Just focus on telling us what the characters are, because that's kind of that's hype. Even if they they don't play amazingly well or whatever, it's like just knowing that someone's on the horizon is cool, and that gets people interested in your game. Give them something to look forward to on the regular. One big announcement should leave an ellipsis at the end of it, so that we're talking about what happened and then what might happen later. Like I don't care right now what happens with Street Fighter Five, if I'm honest. Like I'm I'm like cool, we have Kage, other people are probably coming out, but who knows, and there's no schedule, and things are going to be different, but we have no idea how. It's like, I I can't invest into that, because if I, one, I don't really want to, because there's nothing there to, like, really get in, but if I do, then I'm just going to be anxious and, and kind of like, ugh, I don't know, and it, it, like, like, is it going to be bad? Is it going to be good? Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to put my... my you know, resources, my mental and, and emotional resources into that kind of a thing. So if you make at least a product where I can I can do that and at least grab onto certain aspects, even if I don't like the whole thing, like certain aspects I can I can, you know, tether myself to and appreciate, then then just like ride it. Keep the keep the ship above the above the water, keep it going, uh, finish strong. You've learned a lot of lessons, you've had successes, you've had some failures. Don't let those be here next time around. And um, and so as far as how much do you put in, as far as resources, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much money and, and everything that Capcom has. But 
uh, for this kind of a thing. But I would say keep the ship above the above the waves, which I, it really feels like it's like two thirds of the way below the waves right now, um, with some good reveals and some some acknowledgement and and yeah, yeah. And just on the other end of the spectrum, I, my character got nerfed in Monat, and uh, I'm about as damn sure as I can be of Rose coming. Uh, I've got it confirmed from multiple people. <laughs> mostly confirmed for multiple people here um if you know it's it is what it is we heard a lot of different characters here at capcom cup i think we we got up to about eight or nine or something like that um uh quite a few but we knew about kage like you know the day before he came out all that you know so take it as you will but i'm pretty sure rose is coming but even then uh my my character got nerfed i'm actually still having a blast with the game like i'm anxious to go play it like when i don't get to go play it like i i'm like ah damn like i really love to spend some time in the game i'm finding so much tech and I'm, i'm able to work through the, the the nuances of the game i'm enjoying it more than i actually ever have before and i know that That's sounds good. yeah it sounds crazy but i'm i'm really enjoying like i finally have figured out the the meta of the game where i'm very comfortable with it and i'm confident in what i'm doing as a player and i'm not just clawing you know with my fingernails like on uh, hanging on the edge of a cliff like trying to survive pretty much like all at all points of times it's like oh i see the risk reward here i see all this stuff going on like Again, I'm really enjoying the game. So I, I was just more curious, you know, what your perspective is out there, because I think both you and I have a little bit of a um, we're offering a window into the soul of the fighting game community with both of our perspectives. I think there's a number of people in your camp. I think there's some people in my camp as well. And, and you know, they're, they're seeing some stuff there. But I also think that that it's a kind of a universal truth right now that the communication on the game still sucks. And that's bad. And, and and as you said, like, you know, these other games are handing out flyers and they're putting up stuff like saying, hey, you know, check out our game. Please come, you know, come in here and, and look at this. And it, the equivalent that I can think of here on Event Hubs would be like if, if we're here on the pod and, and part of me again, please don't take this out of context and post it up on Twitter and be like, hey, this is what Catalyst thinks of all you, you know, Event Hubs listeners and all that. But again, the equivalent would be like, ah, you guys can come to Event Hubs. We don't really care. You know, like, yeah, we're going to do some stuff on the site, but whatever, you know, and it, it's that's not our attitude. Like we're very thankful, and yeah, or we could just not post for yeah. you know like a weeks at a time and not say anything about it or something. <laughs> oh, yeah? Like Capcom, yeah, uh, or maybe Shuriken or something like that, right? But anyway, um, uh, but uh, it, it, that's bad to do. That 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 makes your fans feel like, why am I a fan of this right now? And again, I get that there are business reasons, and I think we've discussed them already. And again, to recap, next generation consoles, Capcom not knowing what they're doing, um. Even putting something out there, like having someone you trust and and have confidence in to put statements out there is very, very, very big. And and I don't know if that person's at Capcom now. I think that you have plenty of very qualified and good people who could do this. I just, I don't know if Capcom will let them. And, and just even putting out it, like a message like, hey, we know that there's, you know, um, a skepticism about where the game is at. We know we're not communicating a lot right now, but we are out there still working on the game. And, and we just can't say much right now. That goes a long way. It yeah, goes a absolutely. long way. Just letting people know you're there and you still care about it uh, versus like we're doing stuff. You'll hear about it soon. Uh, things are going to be different. And it's like, OK, that could mean a million different things. That's like it's it's not worthless, but it, it, it was good for the time. Like it was good for like when they first did that. That's fine. You know, but like follow up in a week or so, you know, and then like keep following up with the community. They care. They care immensely. We're read by like a million people a month on Event Hubs. A million people a month read the competitive scene and come and check this stuff out. Like that's a lot of people that want to know about this, this game. And it's not just Street Fighter. That's, you know, all the fighting game community stuff we cover. But still, that's a lot of freaking people take the time to acknowledge them and just communicate with them man 
I, I, I think we're going to have to rename this like the communication like podcast or something. <laughs> Cause that's like what we talk about with Capcom like a million times over again. And we wrote an article about this not just the other day, like, Hey, Capcom communicate like, and, and, and they say they learn from their mistakes. And it's like, well, this is one that's kind of been like an epic failure for you guys for the longest time. And the last time I remember it being good was, was when Seth Killian and Combo Fiend were there, where they were actively going out and doing interviews and talking to people. And, and again, even that dried up. And, and Matt Dahlgren, too. I'll give him a shout out for that. He was very active with getting out there uh, and Christian Fence. And like, I'm probably going to start forgetting people if I, I keep naming them. But there have been periods of time where Capcom has done this stuff. And it's just it's a real shame to see it go by the wayside now um, when when we really need it you know this is i felt like they did it in capcom cup last year as in 2017 i thought that it was like yes this is it they Mm -hmm. figured it out okay good we're through it and then now we've regressed and it's great cool that's even more demoralizing because like you you know how to do it you don't even have the excuse anymore you made the fix and now you've you've gone back it's like ugh. yeah (sighs) i i think there's some very good people at capcom usa that could handle this stuff and, and could do it. I just, I don't think they have permission to do it from Capcom Japan. And I think that's one of the big issues. And again, um, Capcom Japan being very out of touch with reality and what's going on is not anything new. Uh, and I've seen them do some really crappy stuff to, to the Capcom USA side of things. And uh, yeah, so um, I'll put them on blast there. I think I know for a fact Capcom Japan has some great, great, great people. I just, again, I wish some of the people that were in charge of this stuff, like would figure out how to handle it a bit better. So, well, mm. keep doing it this way, and it's very clear that you already have other fighting game titles and companies rising up, and you will most certainly get left behind <laughs> if you do it. For the, and, and and those are like those are the two immediate terms that come to my head. It's not even from the memes and such. It's like you do need like th- there are other people coming up to where you're at. Like Capcom's got a lot of buffer space between them and the next guy because of the legacy of you know as far as fighting games go you know, Street Fighter 2 and, and everything that they've ever been. But they're just dragging their feet in so many ways. And, and like I said, Bandai's become like, you know, possibly the next Torchbearer. And now NRS is really threatening, like right there at the door. They might, Capcom still probably has a little bit of just their, their inherent status to keep them up. But it's not going to last much longer, man. You are You are in the red right now. You need to change things up or else you will get surpassed yeah uh i'll just i'll add in that uh people have been saying that about capcom for a long time and then it's it's a classic for me of of when people were complaining about you know like street fighter 5 and they're you know they're like oh i hate this and i hate that and they're like well why don't you go play guilty gear or why don't you go play marvel or why don't you go play you know tekken or whatever and they're like no i want to hate on street fighter 5 and it's <laughs> and i get it like uh, it's the the capcom for all the stuff they do wrong they do a lot of stuff right and, and i think that again we just talked about it their their pro tour stuff um i again i, I think their character balance and design is really good um relatively speaking you know uh again they make plenty of mistakes but i think they get a lot of things right a lot of people are very hype when they they see a new character come out for the game uh it's talked about throughout the community the players in um in that that play street fighter you know they're kind of known throughout the entire community uh very well and and even in smash and all that kind of stuff like the it's just street fighter holds a very special place in a lot of people's hearts and i i wish capcom wouldn't take that i wish they they had more ways of showing their appreciation for that that they're 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 a huge part of our lives and a huge part of the fighting game community and i wish that they did more to acknowledge that and they do a lot i just wish they would do more especially with communication so 
Yeah. But if I will say uh, something positive about Capcom, I am super hyped for Resident Evil 2 remake coming out. <laughs> uh, I got to play uh, like a handful of times. It was that it was basically that one shot demo that came out. Mm-hmm. They had that also at um, at Capcom Cup, and so I got to play through that one shot demo. It was a little bit different um, a couple times. And then again here at, at home when it when it came out, and it's yes, it's exactly it's it's like it captures the a lot of what was great about Resident Evil 4, and um, and but with this like updated graphics and and physics and and such i'm really looking forward to it and it really looks good the only thing is um it comes out on the day i leave for disneyland so it's like a bittersweet kind of thing because i am going on vacation to disneyland this weekend i am so hyped for that but i will definitely have resident evil in the back of my mind the entire time i'm there and so shout outs to capcom for having something that's going to be very clearly distracting me while i'm at disneyland of all places uh so this this is a perfect spot to end this like when you go to disneyland and they have arcades there and street fighter 5 is there are you gonna play oh it <laughs> and, and so the thing about that like you go to the local arcade and they have a street fighter 5 set up there like in an arcade cabinet and everyone's like oh and play your thing and then like girlfriends they're like this is velociraptor do you know him and no one there knows like no like just stop don't please please don't but when you run into like those kind of arcadey places with with friends that know that you play fighting games and like that's the extent of it they get hype and you just go ah crap you know and then if you god forbid you lose a round (laughs) so anyways no no street fighter 5 while i'm at disneyland I'm just I'm, I'm doing Splash Mountain, Indiana Jones, thinking about Resident Evil. And that's it. All right. Well, if they have Heroes of the Storm there, I expect you to play that. So, anyway, <laughs> all right, guys, we better end that here uh, with the shots fired there. And thank you so much for listening to this week of the Event Hubs podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me, as always, is John Velasco Raptor Guerrero. If I can get through that, and Capcom needs to communicate better. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.